Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Pertech has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertech. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Not arrogant, entitled, or any different. I think that's why I like this guy, always have. His attitude, his character, it always stood out. And the boy could play. But who is Pat Richards? Um, Pat Richards, uh, yeah, so, mate, I'm, I suppose, pretty laid-back sort of guy. Yeah. Um, you know, if- I like um, hanging out with the family, and um, I love watching sport. Um, you know, proud of proud of being involved as a former rugby league player, and yep. um, mate, yeah, pretty cruisy these days now. I love playing a bit of golf and trying to get into that. Um, yeah, looking after the body, I suppose. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm a pretty competitive sort of guy, and um, yeah, I just love having a good time. In 2023, we see there's plenty of schools with designated rugby league programs. They're great. They're turning young men into first graders. They're turning young men into better young men. You went to Westfield Sports High at a time that I reckon the elite programs were really just getting started. Good timing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I grew up in Ashcroft. Um, I went to um, just a, ca- a Catholic school there in yeah. Ashcroft. My my brother and sister went to a, a normal sort of Catholic high school in Liverpool, but I wasn't the most um, academic kid. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. I was, I was, but sport was my um, passion. Yep. Mum knew that, and uh, she said, "Look." I, you want to have an opportunity? There's an opportunity at a, at a Westfield Sports High School, and I was like, sport at high school, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so it was a big commitment for for mum mm. and the family to, because um, it was about sort of twenty minute, half an hour drive each morning. And um, but turning up, I absolutely loved it because mm. like minded kids um, who are passionate about sport, yep. and um, it honestly, it's it was the best environment to be in. I, I actually went to Westfields as a cricketer and athletics. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't allowed to play rugby league until I got to high school. So um, as soon as I got to year seven, I bumped into um, – I met some friends and Danny Sullivan who ended up um, playing yeah. for the Eels. He 
he got me uh, to come down to Cabramatta training um, not long after when I first started, and that's how my rugby league sort of journey started just by by that. So it was a bit of a sliding door sort of moment. But um, when you're around kids who are who are as competitive, it pushes yeah. you, and you're in that environment. Um, yeah, I loved it. Right arm fast bowler. Right arm fast bowler, and um, yeah, love love me cricket. Yeah. Um, I had to had to give it away sort of when I was about seventeen. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was I was playing both sort of cricket um, in the summer and yeah. footy in the winter for a long period, and you know, I just love playing sport. That's what I grew up doing, and um, yeah, I was, I was into everything. Any regrets you chose league over cricket? Uh, never any regrets. Obviously, I was lucky enough, and you know, to to do something I love for so long, being a professional sportsman, um, and I love rugby league. It, it gave me a great life and great experiences, and. Um, you know, met some great people along the way as well. So you're 17. How'd you end up at Para? How did that go down? So yeah, started at Cabramatta and uh, just went through the junior junior program there yep. at um, the Eels and um, end up being in the uh, Harold Matthews side and we we won the comp there and um, won the SG Ball side as well. So wow. um, I was lucky enough that as soon as I started playing rugby league that we we never sort of lost a game. Um, our Cabramatta side in the first year, we, no one scored a point against us, so we had a red-hot team. And, no one scored a point against you all yeah, year. Yeah, um, and we, we didn't lose a game. So Cabramatta under 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s, undefeated, um, straight into Harold Matson SG Ball. We won won that as well. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, a few of us went went through and um, ended up playing great. So it was yeah, a fair, fair, fair uh, journey into rugby league. Who was in that footy side, i got to ask? Um, so in my Cabramatta side, we had guys like Danny Sullivan, he played first grade, yeah. Michael Megan, um, Roy Friend played a bit of first grade. Yep. Um, and then our, our sort of uh, sort of Parramatta Estuary Ball side, we had guys like Danny Irvine and Jamie Lyon and, and guys like that as well. Wow. So, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome to sort of grow up and, you know, push each other. But, yeah, we're, we're a red-hot team and um, it was nice going through the grades together. Tough times at the Eels. It had been since 1986. It still is. When you got there, they were onto something, though. It was a, a strong few years, 2000, 2001. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was 18. I debuted um, halfway through that year. I ended up playing the, the, the next 10 games in 2000. Yep. Um, and we made the semifinals. We, we played two games there. We um I got injured in that um, just after that second semifinal. So at training, um, down my ankle. Um, so I missed out on the prelim against Brisbane, um, but the boys um, we had a good, good end of that year, and then 2001, obviously the boys made the grand final. But mm. uh, after 11 games, I'd started on the wing. Um, I did my knee really bad. Yeah, um, that was a tough, tough uh, injury, but um, sort of set me up for for later in in life about how to deal with my injuries and mm. things like that. So um, yeah, it was tough, tough to see. Obviously, the boys playing a grand final when you're injured. Um, that's the that's a bad bad side of footy when you when you're injured and things like that. But well, you can't contribute. You're sitting there helpless. That's right. You you are. You you want to be in part of part of the team yeah. and um and help out in any way possible. But when you're injured, you're sort of on your own. And um, but but that's part and parcel of the game. Brian Smith was the coach at the time. Like many coaches, he's got that character that, that you either love or can't stand. He gave you your marching orders at the end of 03. Now, you spoke about cricket earlier. Did he, as the story goes, suggest that maybe cricket was your future? Oh, there's was, there was a few people that have tossed that up. I, I don't know how true that is. Um, never said it to you? Never said it to me. You so, um, you know, I've got no, no dramas with Smithy at all. Um, you know, I was injured. I was struggling to get back. 
my knee, my knee wasn't quite right after that bad injury. I was, I was sort of, for whatever reason, just couldn't get going. And yep. um, I, I had a had a had a meeting with Shane, um, with with Smithy, and you know he offered me, you know he said, look, I'll, I'll give you another year. Um, and then I had another meeting with with um, Sheenzy, yeah. and he was sort of talking. Um, I suppose I just I was just looking for a change. Yeah. Um, wasn't anything to do with with the Eels or with Smithy at all. Um. I just thought, for whatever reason, I was excited about what Tim was saying. He had some really good young kids coming through, and yeah. I, I still remember the the chat. He sort of said, "Look, I've got this young five eight. That's he's the most exciting thing I've ever seen." Wow. Um, end up being Benji Marshall, and he goes, "I've got this other guy, Robbie Farrow. He's going to come through, and Liam Fulton and Bryce Gibbs and Dean Hallatow, and got these senior guys there, and we're getting Scotty Prince and all that. So I was sort of excited about a new challenge. I think that's all the biggest, the biggest driving force was that. Yeah. Um, so I took that on and, and decided to sign with the Tigers and <clears throat> um, we ended up winning the World Sevens, mm. my first um, in, the, uh, in the preseason. Yes. And we played Parramatta in the grand final that's for right. the World Sevens. So that was, uh, that was a good start to the Tigers' career. However, a week later in, in a trial match, I dislocated my ankle. And I was out for another five months. So um, I've gone from having that bad injury run. Um, it's sort of like one thing after the other. Yeah. It's, um, you feel like you're, you're never going to get right, um, but you just got to stick at it. And after that, I pretty much had a, had a good run without injury. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask, what is your greatest Bryce Kenneth Gibbs story? You've <coughs> known him for 20-odd years. Anyone that has known him, uh, like myself, has Got a million laughs out of him because he's a little on the loose side. Have you got a go-to BKG story? Probably can't say it on the podcast. Um, but, yeah, look, there's – Gibbo is, a, is an absolute character. Him, yeah. him and Fultz um, and even Daniel Fitzhenry. Yeah. It was um, – that's what made that group so special, yeah. guys like that. You know, you have to enjoy your time together. Mm. You, you're together for so long and, a, and those characters bring you together and, mm. and make you want to turn up to train and enjoy enjoy it. So, yeah, that, those guys were always pulling pranks and, yeah. and all that. So it was, it was so, so much fun to be in, in a part of. And Pertech has teamed up again with the sport's biggest stakeholders to create the third annual Ultimate Bathurst Experience, with all proceeds going straight to the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit at St Vincent's Hospital. The winner and their guest will be treated as super VIP guests at the Repco Bathurst 1000 in October this year, with a number of behind-the-scenes experiences, all part of the major prize. The prize is not being auctioned, it's being raffled, giving everyone the chance to be involved with a limited number of tickets being offered at just $20 each. For a full list of prize inclusions and to buy your tickets for a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime experience, visit ultimatemotorsportprize.com.au. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, all put together by the great team at Pertec. A lot of people say, now, do you miss the game? And I say, no, I don't at all. Um, but you miss those times with your mates. You know, they're, they're the things you, you really cherish. Sliding door moments, and we often talk about them, or fate, whatever it may be. Moving to the Tigers would present you with an amazing memory just a couple of years later. Absolutely, yeah. So um, we had a lot of guys turn up um, looking for another challenge as well. Yeah. So Scott Prince injured as well. Toddy Payton gone from uh, Canberra to the Roosters and then had to get squeezed out. I think he's even said it. He's the only player the Roosters have ever let go for the salary cap. 
Um, Hodjo as well. He he was looking for an opportunity. Um, it was probably someone spoke about this a, a while ago about winning a comp. I think all the stars have to align. Yeah. Um, we had good young kids coming through at the right time. Mm. We had a lot of guys turning up wanting um, a challenge, you yeah. know, to kickstart their career again from for whatever reason, whether it's mm. injury or form or we had some good senior hard guys there in, yeah. in Scando and, and Buckets O'Neill and Benny Galea and those sort mm. of guys. So um, put that together with those with, with a coach like Sheensy and, mm. and Roycey Simmons and, and a club that just liked to throw the footy around and um, it was it was amazing back line to be be a part of it. You know, it was it was so much fun. Thurston, right foot kick down the ground into the end goal almost. Hodgson cuts it off. Hodgson taken by Norton. He took him late. Marshall skips away. Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Marshall's got Richards coming up outside. Now inside. Richards pursued. He pushes Johnson away. Pat Richards. Pat Richards has scored. A magnificent try. Linked to the field stuff. A 98-metre grand final try. Was that a flick pass from Marshall? At, at the end, yeah. Oh, stop it. I mean, who tries that? Who does that? That try, does it still put a smile on your face all these years later? Yeah, it does, mate. It's um, very fortunate to be in a moment that's recognised and yeah. people still talk about, um, you know, every year when, when it comes on, the kids mm. go, here it is again, Dad. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it's look, I, I always flip it and say, look, I, I could be Rod Jensen and, or I could be the Cowboys and, and see, that, see that moment and I'd hate it. But yeah. I'm lucky enough that it's a moment that brings me great joy mm. and so many, it made so many people happy, you know. Like yeah. people, I'm still at a pub now. Guys have come up to me and go, mate, I want to buy you a beer. Um, that's so awesome, isn't it? It is. It's incredible. You know, that's what rugby league's about. It makes people feel feel a certain yeah. way. And, um, you know, it's it's a long time ago now, but um, surely it certainly takes you back to that for sure. Shows you how important the game is to the guys over the other side of the fence, guys like me that weren't good enough to play first grade absolutely love our club, love our team. But moments like that, uh, they're memories that fans take with them to the grave as well. Absolutely. That's, that's what makes the game so special yeah. is the fans. And we, we've seen it in COVID when there was no one there. Mm. It, it just looked like a training run. Yeah. There was no intensity. There was no nothing. So, mm. mate, the fans are so important. Mm. You know, some of the best moments have been when the fans are there. I remember the, the semifinal against the uh, – Against the Dragons at the SFS, yep. it was that the atmosphere in that place that night was something special, yeah. and everyone was in there. They they know that it was just feeling a different sort of vibe yep. that night. And um, yeah, look those those memories, you know, especially those supporters who've gone through tough times. Mm. You know, the Tigers are going through a bit of a tough time at the moment, yep. but they're the sort of supporters that will stick solid. And yeah. when the good times roll, it's going to feel even sweeter. We'll go back to the grand final. Benji provided the pass, and because with his mates, Benji is a bit of a punish and a massive pest, he actually still reminds all of us and commentates it for us whenever he gets the chance. Every 2005 reunion, do you get it? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I always I always tell him as well, mate, that was a shit pass. Yes, that, that I, right. made, I made you look good. Yes. Because imagine if I didn't catch that. Everyone's <laughs> saying, what the hell is Benji doing? Yeah. Um, but but what a freakish sort of play it was. Um, you know, I just remember, like, it was about two days later and, and people are going, what about that try? And it was sort of like, well, we're just so wrapped up in the moment of winning the, winning the comp. Yeah. But 
you don't quite realise. You just kept seeing the, the try replayed and replayed. You're going, oh, this that was pretty special. And yeah. how did he flick that? Didn't even at the time. Didn't even realise he flicked it. We just it's the way we played. We trained that way. We we did basketball passes and yeah. things like that. And Sheen's he really promoted or told us that we can do anything on a field if we practice it. So mm. we practice that way and to see it come out in a big stage in a grand final, um, you know, it was was so special. Let's go to the lead into that game because you were absolutely no chance to play. This is a, a terrific story. You passed a fitness test the day before, I think it was, and let the boys know and having done interviews like this with some of your teammates, they said it was the turning point of the week and it was the moment they knew they were going to win. But it was a five- or six-week injury that you'd sustained five days earlier. Can you run us through your week? Yeah, mate, it was um, it was a crazy week. So because um, I'd done my – when I first joined the club in 2004, I dislocated my right ankle. And um, and then I'm coming in field. Um, I think I went to Palm Off. I think it was a, a couple of Dragons players, and I got caught up. I think Lance Thompson was there. Trent Barrett was in there. Maybe Gaznia sales so a three-man tackle. And I went to twist and, and flick the pass away, um, and I just felt my ankle um, click and, and sort of make these weird noises, and just this pain was was huge. And I've just gone, oh, I've done it again, um, and carried off up the sheds and take the boot off and, and the strap and tape off, and my foot just blows up, and I'm just like, no chance. It's like, mm. even if we win, I'm no chance of playing. And yeah. um, so I, I sort of knew, I sort of thought it was, was as bad as that. Um, mm. And I got home, my missus sort of said, look, let's just give it tomorrow. And I sort of said, look, stop. I said, it's over. Stop talking like this. So I was like, I was starting to fire up a bit because yeah. I didn't want to like try to give myself a bit of hope. I sort of yep. knew then that it was all over. But um, I woke up, just iced it around the clock and got an x-ray. It wasn't broken. Um, it was ligament damage. and. Mm. Um, day by day, we just kept icing it, and then I remember going in to see Doctor Quar, and yeah. he sort of said, "Look, uh, midweek, look, there's a couple of options. We can try and needle it." Um, he said, "But he said there's a chance you might not play again um, if that was the case." And um, I just said, "Look, roll the dice, let's go." Yeah. Um, so I was willing to sort of take that on, and um, I feel like because I was sort of willing to push through that, that I was sort of rewarded in a way yeah, now um, for that true. for that amazing moment. And mm. um, lucky enough that Sheenzy allowed me to give me up until captain's run. Yep. Um, it was the captain's run, wasn't it? It was the captain's yeah. run, yeah, the day before. So it was a Saturday, a Saturday morning at ANZ. Um, I go in and um, we wanted to do a test run and see. So Dr. Quar got some needles ready and um, threw me into the ankle and, um, I, I started walking and I said, oh, well, the ankle feels fine, Doc, but my knee's sore. I said, I've got no idea what's going on, but I've got two little spots in my knee. So he goes, right, let's jab it, bang, bang. Um, so I've had some injections in the right ankle, injections in the right knee. Um, and then it was like this thing come over me. I couldn't feel it. And I just thought, I'm a chance of playing here. Um, so I wow. went for a jog down the, the tunnel down at ANZ Stadium. Yeah. It's a long corridor. Yep. And this the feeling of just jogging without any pain, I couldn't feel anything, um, was absolutely incredible. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend Series starts your working week, featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal we talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. 
On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns. 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced, and if you like a laugh with your footy, this is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon. Legends 